Well, Crave, welcome back to the final week of our series, Life of the Party. I hope that some of our conversations in this series have been helpful for you. As we have in previous weeks, we're going to start off with our theme verse. I am genuinely curious. Raise your hand if you have memorized our theme verse, Romans 12.2. If you raise your hand, you will come up. No, I won't make anybody come up and... And recite it. But seriously, did, if you memorize it, put your hand up. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Hey, congrats. That's awesome. Congrats. That's awesome. I encourage you, memorize scripture. It can be super helpful to you. We'll put our theme verse up one last time. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Uh, tonight... Our theme, our party game, will come from spin the bottle. And so, yes, if you, if you don't, I'm going to just, for the sake of everyone here, I'm going to have you put that hand down for a minute. If you don't know what spin the bottle is, I, I've got a picture, we'll put it up for you. Spin the bottle is basically you sit around in a circle and you spin a bottle and whoever it lands on, you, ooh, smoochy time. Now... Is anybody, this is a safe place, has anybody here ever played spin the bottle? For, like, seriously? Wow, okay. Good for you, good for you. We will not play spin the bottle tonight. I like working here and would like to continue doing that, so we will not play. But I do have a fun video, because some of you are like, I still don't quite get this concept. I've got a video of spin the bottle, check it out. Oh no. Don't worry guys, this is spin the bottle for dogs. Here we go. Oh yeah. Oh baby, look at that. You will never get that out of your mind. Look at it. <laughs> that dog's got a serious tongue, man. That is, that's rough. Hey, let me help everyone out for a second. You've probably never heard this at church before. If anyone ever goes to kiss you like that, run. Don't do it. They come at you just tongue out. Run. If I walked home tonight, through the door, and my wife came at me like this, be like, what are, what's happening right now? This, this is a lot. Everyone, one more time, just look at it. Don't. We'll put it on Instagram later this week. Um, anyone listening to this podcast later, it's a dog. It's a dog tongue, okay? Just, just know that. Um, so while we're not going to play uh, tonight, I do want to talk about romantical relationships. So let's do a little, uh, let's do a little survey. Who here is in a romantic relationship? Just a quick, quick show of hands. Okay. All right. Put them down. Hey, congrats. You did it. That's awesome. Put your hands down. Who here is single? I got to step back off that one. Okay. Now, if you've been at Crave Long, you know the next question. If you are both single and ready to mingle, 
Go ahead and stand up. Don't just raise your hand. Stand up. Take a look around, everyone. We are a full-service ministry. We're here for you. If you meet your husband or wife here at Crave, yes, we would be happy to be a part of your wedding day. Just come and, and let us know down the line. Uh, okay, come, come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> that part's kind of silly, but seriously, if you, you might meet somebody. You never know. Um, here's the thing. I, I want to talk about romantic relationships because... I think our society elevates a romantic relationship to like this ultimate thing that you have to have. And we talked a little bit last week about the first commandment. Who remembers what it is? Who knows the first commandment? Have no other God but me. Go ahead and put it on the screen. It's Exodus 20, verse 3. You must have no other God but me. And I just think in our society, who you're dating or who you're married to has achieved this idol status. Like, you're somebody if you're dating somebody. You're somebody if you're dating that person, that really cool, good-looking, athletic, tall, dark, whatever, that person. And, and I, I just want you to understand something. No boyfriend, no girlfriend, not even a spouse can handle the weight of being your God. They just can't do it. And so if one day you get married and you think that that person's going to solve all your problems and they're going to be the person who leads you in everything perfectly, you said it right over here. They're not. They cannot be that for you. And how much more so is that true for a high school student? Like you've got so much you're still trying to figure out for yourself, much less be someone else's God. That's not healthy. Don't let anybody put that on you and don't do that to someone else. Now, you may be thinking, wow, that's really heavy. Like, I'm 15, 16. Why are you saying this to me? Because, show of hands, who wants to be married one day? Okay. Most of the people in this room are like, yeah, maybe. Like, if the time is right, I find the right person, I want to be married. And I just want you to understand that if, if you don't get your mind right now, you're going to be playing catch up down the line. And again, you, you may be thinking, well, I, I'm keeping things pretty casual. This is not applicable to me. Like, I'm not playing spin the bottle. I'm not that casual. But, but I'm, I'm just keeping it kind of casual. But again, I want you to hear a lot of what we're saying tonight and apply it for down the line. Or, or maybe even in your current relationship, you need to readjust and maybe reevaluate where you are. Uh, we talked last week about uh, the cravings for physical pleasure, right? You remember that from 1 John 2? It says that uh, the world offers a craving for everything we see, for physical pleasure, for uh, achievements and pride and, and all those things. Physical pleasure is a big part of this. And so if you're chest is starting to tighten up and you're like, wait, where are we going right now? What are we about to talk about? Yep, it's happening. We're going to talk about the S word, okay? The three-letter one, not the four-letter one, okay? W would you feel more comfortable if we all said it together? Let's just see who feels comfortable. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Yes! Some of y'all are a little too comfortable with that. That was, that was a bit much. Uh, for those of you who are squirming and thinking about faking a phone call or a bathroom break, please, please hear me. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not going to throw any charts or statistics at you tonight about teen pregnancy or STDs. I'm not, I'm not going there. But I do want you to hear me say this. If you begin to act outside of the parameters that God has given us, in addition to those things which are real, 
I think you can deal with some very deep emotional scarring. Stuff that you will spend years and years unpacking. Stuff that will affect and potentially inhibit serious relationships down the line. I think the Bible has a lot to say about sex. And and we're going to look at some of that tonight. Let me ask you this, and this is not a trick question. Who invented sex? Sunday school answer is correct. God. Adam and Eve weren't in the garden like, wait a minute. Look what we just figured out. No, like, God invented sex. He, he just did. It's a wonderful gift from God. It's not just to make babies. Sex is an intimate, binding thing. I, <laughs> I'm looking out at you, and there's just so people like, oh, God, please stop. Why did I come this week? Hey, if you're a first-time guest, we love you. We don't do this every week. Please come back and see us. Uh, we're not meeting next week just because, you know, we needed the week off after this. Uh, it was intentional. But uh, some of you maybe don't know this. <laughs> oh, man, if you thought it was awkward, it's only going to get worse from here. Uh, the Bible has a whole book that's pretty sexual. And it's probably not one you've read in your quiet time. But tonight, yes, tonight, we're going to read the Song of Solomon. So we'll put it up for you. Uh, just try not to blush too hard as we read through the first four verses of chapter 1. Here we go. Song of Solomon 1, 1 through 4. Let's put it up on the screen. I want everyone to see this with me. Understand, the book is a back and forth between a husband and a wife. Okay? Husband and a wife. So this is Solomon's song of songs, more wonderful than any other. Now, young woman, this is is the woman talking. Kiss me and kiss me again. For your love. Okay. Your love is sweeter than wine. How pleasing is your fragrance. Your name is like the spreading fragrance of scented oils. Okay, essential oils in the Bible. Let's go. No wonder all the young women love you. Take me with you. Come, let's run. The king has brought me to his bedroom. Again, you're going to have to keep that hand down tonight. I can't take questions tonight. I don't know what could happen. Look at what she's saying here. She says, I like your kisses. She didn't just let him kiss her once. Kiss me again. You smell good. Hey, guys, take a shower. Put some deodorant on. Ladies, a little dab of perfume. You can smell good. It's a good thing. She says, everybody loves this man. He smells good. He gives sweet kisses. And then she says, let's run to the bedroom. Y'all, they're, <laughs> they're not going to play board games. Like, that's just not, <laughs> that's not what's happening in this book, Okay. If chapter 1 was rough, join me in chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. Let's put those on the screen. Like the finest apple tree in the orchard is my lover among other young men. I sit in his delightful shade and taste his delicious fruits. We can just pause there. It's okay. Everybody take a breath. This is good. He escorts me to the banquet hall. It's obvious how much he loves me. Right? That's good. Strengthen me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples, for I am weak with love. His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. They end this passage snuggled up. She says he's fine. She's talking about tasting some delicious fruits. She's weak with love. Who wants to keep reading? No. For sake of time, we won't. If you think this is PG-13, I challenge you, go home and keep reading. It gets much more intense from here. So you're wondering, okay, like, why 
are we reading this? This is terrible. This is awful. This is uncomfortable. Guys, this is beautiful. And this is normal. This is a husband and a wife. And they are enjoying each other. A husband and a wife in this type of relationship is good. And yeah, the book gets awkward. They start describing each other's bodies and they're like using biblical stuff like your neck is like a tower and they, there's goats and it's... <laughs> Ladies, if a man ever describes you like, yeah, girl, you, you pretty like this goat. No, that... But he does. Just, it's in there. I promise. I promise you. Here's the thing. I want you... I want to normalize this a little bit. We come into church and we're like, we can't talk about this. But we can. Who invented sex? God did. This is normal and this is beautiful. And I still believe this, whether you do or whether society does or not, that's okay. But I believe sex is a beautiful thing meant to be enjoyed between one man and one woman in marriage. What about, no, no, no. One man, one woman, marriage. And I don't say that to be ugly or exclusionary or come down on anybody. I just believe that's the truth. That's what this church believes. And if you have questions about that and you're like, hey, well, what? A, come talk to me. I, I'd love to engage in that conversation. It's a hot topic in our world today. But I just believe that's what God has given us. He's given us parameters that are helpful for us. Not to be mean, but to protect us. I have a two-year-old who loves to run away from me. He'll go, Dada, I run fast. And I love it. But not when we're in the parking lot. And when I have to grab him up and I have to spank him and he thinks I'm so mean because why would you not let me do this fun thing? I'm not being mean. We all know that. I'm trying to protect him. And I just think when God gives those parameters of one man, one woman in marriage, he's trying to protect us. And it may not feel that way. I know when I spank my son, he cries and he screams. He doesn't think I'm protecting him. He just thinks I'm mean. But I know I'm acting in his best interest. Okay, but I'm in high school. I'm not married, Kevin. What's the point of all this? Well, again, most of us one day think we want to be married. So let's unpack a few marriage verses if we can. And these are real touchy. If you get in a church somewhere, sometimes people don't kind of do these verses justice. Let's put up Ephesians 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5 is a touchy chapter. But never miss that it starts with this. Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, again, this is talking about marriage, and you're not married yet. So, ladies, you don't have to submit to your boyfriend, and, and fellas, you don't submit to your girlfriend. That's not what we're talking about here. But what most often happens is we talk about wives submit, and we'll look at that in a second, but never miss the context that there is mutual submission. Okay? Mutual. Everybody say mutual. Now let's keep going. Ephesians 5.22. For wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. There are very few verses in the Bible that are more abused than this one. This does not mean, ladies, you are inferior or deficient in any way. Fellas, what it does mean is God has given it to us to lead. Well, I'm not good at that. we got to talk about it. It's something we need to grow in. This does not mean you're less than, ladies. It does not. Because as much as you're told in this verse, submit, it's mutual. Go on down and look at what it says to husbands, Ephesians 5, 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Well, how did he love the church? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of God's word. Ladies, again, I want to speak to you just for a second because I think you're the ones who bear the brunt of this 
passage the most. If he's not a man who would die for you, he ain't worth submitting to. And again, you're 16, you're 17, you're not submitting right now. But one day, if you get to that place, is he willing to lay down his life for you? Not literally in this grand gesture in some rom-com. Well, I guess not a rom-com, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not this dramatic thing. But to, to lay down your life for somebody means, hey, you can have your way, and that means I don't get mine. And I will never forget J.C. Thompson sitting on the stage when we did our marriage series back in February. He said, don't date losers. Y'all remember that? Like, don't date losers. So, yeah, you're not getting married tomorrow, but if there's any potential in that person, cool. If there's no you look at me like, I just don't think this is someone who would be a good fit long term. What are you doing? You just keeping it casual? Okay, but, like, are you wasting your time? I don't know. I just think we, we've got to get this. And I don't have a ton of time to continue unpacking this. I, I want you to hear me say this passage is really about love and respect. If you want to study more about it, we'll put this book up by this guy. It's really uh, well titled. It's called Love and Respect. Um, it says that the love she most desires, the respect he desperately needs. Guys, that's what we really want at the core of who we are is respect. Ladies, you want to be loved and appreciated. I have that book. If you ever want a copy of it, come see me. I can hook you up with that. Uh, I'm going to skip over my next verse for the sake of time. I want to give you some action steps, okay, because I'm running out of time. Action steps. If you want to write some stuff down, you're like, yeah, you know what? I really want dating advice from my high school pastor who's 35. Sure. Um, write this stuff down. Okay, the first one is this. This is my advice to you. Faith first. Faith first. If you are a person of faith and you're out there in the dating world, you want to be looking for somebody who also has the same faith. We don't have to go and unpack it. We've all probably got a passing familiarity with the verse that talks about not being unequally yoked. I'm just telling you, we all want to date somebody we have something in common with, right? Similar sense of humor, play the same sport, whatever. If you don't have your faith in common, you have nothing in common eternally. So, Faith first. That's just a piece of advice I have for you. Number two, substance over style. Substance over style. They might look good. They might dress nice. They might even smell good like old girl was talking about in Song of Solomon. I'm just telling you, if you date somebody because of how they look, because of their style, and they have no substance, you're going to be sorely disappointed in that relationship. You just will. Pick someone with some real substance. Understand this. The body they have now is not the body they're going to have in 20, 30 years. Can I get an amen from the adults? <laughs> when I met my wife, I had a full-ish head of hair, and look at me now. Uh, so substance over style. Number three is never settle. Never settle. <clears throat> at some point, you may be like me, and I'll share a little bit of my story in just a second. Someone may just ask you, hey, when are you just going to settle down? And I'm saying to you today, never settle because I think that's what most people mean. Hey, just, just settle. You're too picky. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't settle. Don't ever do that. My last tip to you is don't hit fast forward. No fast forward. No fast forward. I mean this in two ways. We've talked about sex tonight. Hey, if you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex of any kind. Well, actually, Kevin, oral sex, yep, counts. It's in the title. Don't hit fast forward in that way. Also, don't hit fast forward and try to act like your husband and wife when you're not. And I hear this all the time. Oh, my wifey, she ain't your wife, bro. Stop. He's not your husband, ladies. Don't hit fast forward and put more on that relationship that really needs to be there. Take your time. Enjoy it. Don't hit fast forward. Now, I want to just in closing share a little bit of my story. Is that cool? 
You want to see some pictures of me when I did still have hair? A little bit of my story. Um, I met Julie when I was 27 years old, and I felt like I was never going to find anybody. Honestly. And you're like, oh, that's not that old. But I'm just telling you, I've been pretty lonely for a while. Um, I had talked about being on a wife hunt. I had done online dating. I had done all this stuff. And just out of nowhere, I wound up meeting Julie through Facebook. We can put this picture up. Uh, this is a, a collage from my Instagram circa 2013. This is one of our first dates at the state fair. Yeah, we're on the Ferris wheel there. And um, there, there's Julie in the lower left-hand corner on the swing. I don't know why I was so into collages in 2013, but you can't sit together on the swings. They're individual seats. Anyway, so we started dating, uh, and I knew within the first four or five dates, there's some substance here. There's something here, and, and I think we could be something special. Fast forward a few months, Julie dumped me. It's okay, guys. I was a huge jerk. Totally deserved it. Totally deserved it, Okay. Ladies, sometimes you got to let a, let a man go. Guys, sometimes you got to cut her loose. She dumped me. And I remember sitting in my living room with my best friend, my roommate, and just going, I have messed up. I think she might be the one. And he's like, dude, you got to figure out what you got to do. Swallow your pride. And I did, and she took me back, and it was wonderful. And in November of that next year, we put my next picture up. This is when I asked Julie to marry me on Thanksgiving. Thank you. Come on, man. Uh, I, I read a whole list of things I was thankful for about her, and we got engaged, and it was awesome. Uh, I'll never forget, we went and told my grandmother, uh, who at that time was, was really starting to struggle with Alzheimer's and dementia. I was like, hey, you know, I asked Julie to marry me. She said yes, and she was like, she's going to marry you? And I was like, ooh, ooh, that hurts. But she did marry me May 17th of 2015. It was a beautiful day. We'll put that picture up. I've shown it before, a little, little dip kiss action at the wedding. Yeah. I did still have a little bit of hair. You can see it thinning, but, but I have to tell you, this is one of the happiest days of my life. No, I wasn't waiting for the awe. I was just trying not to cry. Um, it's a beautiful day. And I was, so, I was so thankful God had sent me a beautiful, wonderful woman because somewhere along the way, I did almost settle. I thought about, you know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just find anybody. It'll be okay. And God had something better. And it got even better from there. It's my last picture. You can put it up now. Most of you know we've got two beautiful kids. I'm just, I'm showing you these pictures because even now at 15, 16, you're like, it's never going to happen for me. But it might. I felt like that at 27. It's not going to happen for me. But it did. Be patient and trust God's timing. You don't have to do this casual hookup thing that, that society throws in your face in every movie, every song. Take your time and trust God. Okay? We're not going to do a song tonight. I'm going to pray. You're going to go to small groups. Maybe some of the questions will be awkward. It's okay. I encourage you, if you need to take a step with some of this stuff tonight, talk to somebody. If you've got questions later, you want to come to me, that's fine. But at the end of the day, remember... The most important relationship you will have will never be with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife. It's with Jesus. It starts and ends with Jesus. Let me pray. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. I pray that as we go now to small groups to talk about love, that before we get into the weeds of some of these deeper conversations, you would help us remember you love us. Jesus, you died for us. And you're coming again for us that we may be forever where you are. 
Uh, give us courage tonight as we in, embark on some of these journeys in small group. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here.